Welcome to Orchard UMC's podcast. At Orchard, we endeavor to live into our mission of transforming the world by growing in faith, serving others, and sharing Jesus. Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the weeds sprouted and the formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each and every one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we are in the New Testament, which is an amazing thing, because apparently I've developed a reputation for being a Hebrew Bible guy that I've learned. When I get up here and preach, I'm like, today we're going to be in Deuteronomy or Leviticus. Or... So today it's different. We're going to be in Matthew. It's great. Uh, we specifically, we're in the book of Matthew. It's the first book of the gospel. Um, though it's the first book of the gospel, it actually wasn't the first of them written, though. Um, in fact, uh, Matthew um, relies heavily upon other resources to, to craft the gospel. It, it relies heavily on um, other books, such as the book of Mark, uh, to fill in some gaps. So uh, while Mark was written in about 70 A.D., Matthew was written some 20 years after. And the reason why it's been theorized that Matthew is placed first is because it's, it's such a basis of Christian foundation that they felt like Matthew should be before uh, Mark. Uh, it's a different book because Mark uh, or Matthew places a heavy emphasis on not the one, but the whole community. It's very different. Um, it's the only gospel that actually uses the word church to describe the community of believers. Uh, so th- this gospel was concerned with Jewish scriptures being fulfilled in Jesus and the church. It's so concerned with fulfilling of the Jewish uh, scriptures that it's often been referred to as the Jewish gospel. Uh, While Matthew is concerned about these Jewish customs, it doesn't go through a lot of time explaining them, whereas if you were in the book of Mark, it goes through painstaking detail to walk you through what the Jewish cultures are. Matthew just assumes you already know them. Matthew is not here to represent some new religion. Matthew isn't here to represent Christianity. It's not here to represent saying, hey, here's Christianity. Judaism is the old thing. Forget about that. Here's something new. Because one of the challenges that I believe the church has faced over our history is an anti-Semitism that has arisen out of this creation of a barrier of old and new. 
The church as a whole has made attempts to distance itself from its Jewish heritage and others of the Jewish faith. Yet in this gospel, well, Jesus is Jewish, right? The author of Matthew is Jewish. And the church about which he was writing had a Jewish tradition. So here we see Matthew sees a link with the Christian community and the Jews and the Gentiles. He sees it all as a continuation of the people of God. Matthew is very much a gospel that is concerned with and relating to addressing the needs of the society. It is also theorized, actually, that this gospel was written specifically for a wealthy community. For instance, the Beatitudes in Matthew, um, there's words in there that they replace poor and hungry from original source scripture with poor in spirit and those who thirst for righteousness. References to smaller copper coins are gone, and instead of smaller copper coins, it's referring to bigger coins like gold coins. Uh, Stories in Matthew are focused upon high finances and fancy dinner parties. It's a book that was designed to be relatable to the people at the time. And it's here that I thought of when I was addressing getting our job in order, because the interesting thing about the Gospel of Matthew is many of the parables in Matthew are focused upon work. In fact, the parables in general tend to be very work-centric, right? Um, Throughout the gospel, there are almost 40 different parables, and of those, 22 of those focus upon work. That's more than half of the parables that Jesus speaks of are work-centric. Jesus understood that work is a part of who we are, and therefore used these parables to explain how our work can serve to honor God in our lives. Now, have you ever heard the saying, I don't live to work, I work to live? Have you heard that saying? Well, I I think a lot of us have gone through that in certain points, and I was trying to think of something that could represent that, and I got a video clip that I think helps that very well. So can we play the clip? Nope. One moment, please. So, yeah. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I I forgot. Mm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just, uh, forgot. But, uh, it's... Not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, I, I have Peter. the memo. I've got it. It's right. Hello, Phil. What's happening? Um, I couldn't find him yesterday. Milton. Hi, uh, could you turn that down just a little bit? But I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume from 9 to 11. Yeah, no, no, I, I know you're allowed to. I, uh, I was just thinking maybe like a, you know, personal favor. Well, I, 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 I told Bill that if, if Sandra's going to listen to her headphones while she's, while she's falling, then I should be able to listen to the radio while I'm collating. Uh-huh. So I don't see why okay. I should have to turn down the radio because yeah, all right, okay. I enjoy listening 
Edward, number volume. Thanks. From 9 to 11. Hi, Peter. What's happening? We need to talk about your TPS reports. Yeah, the cover sheet, I know. I know. Uh, Bill talked to me about it. Yeah. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. And I understand the policy, and the problem is just that I forgot the one time, and I've already taken care of it, so it's not even really a problem anymore. Ah, yeah. It's just we're putting new cover sheets on all the TPS reports before they go out now, so if you could go ahead and try to remember to do that from now on, that'd be great. All right. How many of you have seen the movie Office Space? All right. Office Space is one of my favorite all-time movies. Uh, the gist of the movie is as follows. Pete hates his job. He hates it, and he feels lost at it. Um, and he's so depressed about it that he decides to go see a hypnotherapist to see if maybe that'll help. So he goes to this hypnotherapist, and they put him in a hypnotic state, and they say, I want you to go to a blissful state. So he goes to this blissful state. Well, in the middle of this hypnotherapy, uh, the therapist has a heart attack and passes away. So Pete is left in this blissful state, right? So all of a sudden, he's showing up to work, and he's, you know, the boss asks him to work overtime. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. He plays games at his desk, and he actually, at one point, consultants were brought into the workplace to determine who should be let go and fired, and he actually charms them into giving him a management position, and the way he charms them is he says to them, it's not that I'm lazy, it's just that I don't care. <laughs> and Peter's friends, at one point, they learn that they are two of the people that are going to be downsized, so they hatch this scheme that they're going to rob the work by using the revenge plot from Superman 3. It's... Um, it's a fantastic movie, actually. It's a great movie. And it's good because, for me, I think we can all identify to some extent with Pete, right? We can all identify with that boss who just keeps coming up to your desk and saying the same thing over and over again. We can identify with that. Um, we identify that, and we see that because in film and media today, so many of our comedies, so many of the dramas we watch are revolving around the workplace, uh, one of the most popular comedies from the last uh, 20 years on television was The Office, my personal all-time favorite sitcom. Um, you had Parks and Recreation, which was another classic. You had older ones like MASH, um, The West Wing, Mad Men, House. These are all shows that dealt with the workplace, right? We relate to these shows because we understand how much of our identity is formed by what we do. After all, when you meet someone for the first time, what's one of the first things you ask them? So what do you do for a living, right? So today's scripture addresses this idea of work, and it addresses it through the idea of weeds and wheat in a field. Now, it's talking about weeds and wheat in a field, but really what it's talking about is barriers. This parable admonishes effects to build boundaries and create separation in the world. It's a rebuke, a rebuke of those who in the world see it as an us versus a them, Right? The scripture addresses the early Christian communities who thought that it was most important for them to separate themselves from everyone else and be off in their own corner, right? They desired this peer community, so we're going to be over here, and we're going to leave you all over here. And this scripture says, no, get rid of those barriers. The word says, knock it off and leave that to God. Leave that to God to determine what's going to happen. Your job here and now is to sow the fields wherever they may be present and whoever they may be present in. So one way we can honor God is by finding work that sustains us. 
And I know it sounds like I'm saying to you right now, quit your job if it isn't fulfilling. I'm not saying that. Though I would challenge you that if you're not finding fulfillment in your work, that you look at that and see what you can do. What I am saying is no matter what our job is, whatever it is that you do, find ways to make your faith present and to help you find fulfillment in whatever you do. Find time to reflect on where God is in your nine-to-five world, even if it's when someone's berating you about TPS reports or conversations by the coffee pot with friends. So one of the most life-changing things that I ever did before ministry was I found a group of co-workers uh, who were comfortable talking about faith. Each of us came from different faith backgrounds, uh, different belief systems, but we were able to talk about our beliefs with one another. And I needed that because, as I've told some of you in the past, the job I had before was, was very challenging emotionally. I was dealing with people who were at uh, extremely low points of their life. Um, and if I didn't address my uh, spiritual faith, well, it would have been a very difficult job to get through every day. So we began meeting as a group. We, we were talking and we're like, well, let's start getting together at lunch and let's, let's have maybe like some little studies and just conversation. So we began meeting at lunch. We'd argue with one another, we'd laugh with one another, we would challenge one another. It was a great time of spiritual growth in my life, and yet none of it at all happened within the church. It was all out in the world. It was all out in my place of work. I let, as this parable would say, I let the wheat and the weeds grow together. I didn't seek to separate them, but instead I looked for unity in them. And as time went on, I started mentioning in these groups, wow, I really enjoy doing this. This is a lot of fun that we're doing this. And I remember one of my days, my coworker looked to me and said, then why are you even here? Like, why do you work here if you enjoy doing this so much? Seeds were being sowed in my life, right? Not only did my coworker encourage me to begin my, uh, my journey into seminary, but I had a boss that did that as well. Um, my immediate supervisor, Mandy, uh, had a deep um, Catholic faith, and she offered me words of encouragement. I, I began talking with her about thinking I needed something more, and I said, I think, I think I'm going to quit. I think I'm done here. I think I'm going to go to seminary. And she didn't say, you will be missed, which I'm really concerned that she didn't say that at first. <laughs> but she said to me, she goes, you have to go where God is leading you. And this happened in my workplace in a secular field. That didn't happen in a church. It was incredible. And it makes me think of what happens when we open up ourselves uh, in places outside of the fields. What happens when we aren't just surrounded by the wheat, but instead let other seeds thrive all around us? Well, I'll tell you what happens. The Holy Spirit moves, and the Holy Spirit works. Our jobs do not have to be soul-sucking. They don't. They can be soul-fulfilling. It can be through finding a vocation, but it can also be through tearing down those barriers that separate your faith from your professional life. For those of you who are retired here, congratulations, you did it. You made it. But that doesn't mean your work is done. Not at all. Because you... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because for you, you can be seeds for those in this church who are still in professional work fields. You can offer them words of encouragement, 
You can offer them words of advice. Be mentors to those who are struggling to find the healthy balance between work, their, their families, and their faith. Because without your words or your wisdom, we are missing out on a vital piece that God intended for us to hear. For those of you not working right now, whether it be because of a layoff, a strike, a, a medical condition, or the variety of other reasons that may occur, you may be battling feelings of inadequacy, feelings of guilt or shame, but I want to encourage you to recognize your self-worth. Because at the end of the day, we're so much more than the jobs that we work, right? While you may be battling feelings of darkness, turn to the light of God who sees you as the unrepeatable miracle that you are. And remember that in this time, you are worthy and loved by your family, by God, by your friends, by this church community. While I spent my time talking about finding purpose in work, there are other barriers in this world that we need to tear down, and it's up to all of us to do it. So I ask one final question. What seeds are we sowing? How are we living the gospel? How are we being the living gospel in this world? Whether it's in a team meeting that goes on way too long or probably could have been done by email, right? Uh, working in AutoCAD, whether it's rebuilding an engine, whether it's a, a PowerPoint presentation you're creating or the myriad of other jobs we have, how are we being that living gospel? When people look at you, will they see a faith lived out? So go out, live your faith. Be a person who doesn't get bogged down in those TPS reports or the office drama, but be the person that lives in the pleasant reality that God can be found anywhere, even at work. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have been enriched by the word proclaimed. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ministry at orchardumc.org. You can find out more about Orchard by going to our website at www.orchardumc.org.